Hello and welcome back to my podcast. We find ourselves on the third Sunday of Lent, so we're sort of halfway through. So I hope all your Lenten practices, your prayer, your penances, and your almsgiving are going well. So let us pray for each other and let's keep going, because sometimes, some days it's hard, isn't it? With the homily today and my reflections upon the scripture readings, I won't be touching the gospel Um, not because I didn't want to, but because I found myself going in a way that you might find interesting and you might find a little unexpected as well. But the episode of Jesus clearing the temple is worthy of a complete homily in itself, maybe more than one. So I hope you understand and I hope you find this fruitful. In the collect of today's Mass, we address God as the author of every mercy and the source of all goodness. So God is where all mercy and all goodness begins. So this God of great mercy and complete goodness gave the Decalogue, the Ten Words or the Ten Commandments, to Moses and through Moses to the chosen people. And through them, God gave them the words, the ten words, the commandments to the world. The Jewish people received these ten words and they formed the foundation of what the Jews called the law. And this law governed their way of life and kept them faithful to that first commandment, first first covenant that God made with humanity. The law was given to Moses and the chosen people in quite a dramatic display of power. Mount Sinai was enveloped in cloud, fire, smoke and lightning and the people heard thunder and the peals of a mighty trumpet. Over the centuries, as God's chosen people lived the law and pondered it, they began to see how good and how beautiful it was. Indeed, it had a simplicity. And that's not surprising because virtue and goodness simplify life. It is sin that complicates life. God's word, which is his law and wisdom, is simple and simplifies our life. Why is this so? Because God's laws reveal how a human person can flourish as well as how we can become recreated in freedom. You see, that is the effect of divine law. It makes us free. Frees, free from sin and free to flourish and into virtue. It's only the devil who wants us to be bound in slavery, yet he promotes his ways with promises that are false and destructive. The Ten Commandments remain in place in the Christian moral life. Christ said himself that he did not come to abolish the law, but to complete it. Now, of course, he did that in himself, and also by summing up the law of Moses in the double commandment to love God and to love one another. So the Ten Commandments remain the basis of a worthwhile 
and effective examination of conscience. And I do hope that you have one form or maybe one or two forms of examination of conscience that you use before you go to the sacrament of confession. In the epistles, St Paul reminds us that in his day, Greeks and Jews could not accept Christ for different reasons. And it's no different today. In postmodern Western society, there is a distrust of law and rules, either because the claim is that they curtail personal freedom or that the individual person is supreme or anything goes as long as no one is hurt. But don't all of these attitudes serve to entrench a dictatorship of individualism and a dictatorship of relativism. Sadly, we live in a time in which Christians are being pressured to accept and approve things which are immoral. We are accused of unjustly trying to impose our religious morality on people who don't accept our faith. But to counter this, each adult Catholic needs to see clearly the relationship between the Ten Commandments, the natural law, and civil law. So firstly, what is natural law? Well, the Church inherited, developed, and has constantly defended what the ancient philosophers of pagan Greece and Rome discovered through the light of solid and good human reasoning, which is that we can know what is good and evil based on our human nature. So, for example, everyone can know that it is wrong to physically harm or even kill another human being without a just reason. The Ten Commandments are a revealed expression of the natural law. That means that they are God's words to us, which give them divine authority, but that also we can understand God's words through our human intellect. God chose to reveal this to humanity so that we might attain a complete and certain understanding of the requirements of the natural law, both from God and from our moral conscience and human reasoning. So next there is civil law. So civil law exists to embody the natural law in particular times and places for the good of those of a nation or state. For example, again, the commandment not to kill or harm the innocent can be legislated in many different ways. And we have laws against all kinds of assault. These laws get their legitimacy by being grounded in divine law and also the natural law. But, and you'd be right if you said it, not every civil law is just and not every civil law is good. What about unjust laws? Well, St Augustine said that an unjust law is no law at all, 
Now, what's the difference between the two? How does one determine whether a law is just or unjust? A just law is a man-made code that matches the moral law or the law of God. An unjust law is a code that is out of harmony with the moral law. To put it in the terms of St Thomas Aquinas, an unjust law is a human law that is not rooted in eternal law or natural law. We should always obey both God and normally obey duly authorised laws, unless those laws are unjust. Sometimes we might have to tolerate unjust civil laws because we cannot do anything about them. However, if the law tries to force us to perform a serious wrong, we have the right and maybe even the obligation to resist. And this highlights the need to be engaged in civic life. We have a duty to exercise our rights as citizens and we generally do this by voting and otherwise by advocating for our rights. But also we need Catholics to be members of our legislatures so that they can influence civil society for the good. Generally, when we engage with our culture, we have to appeal to reason, not to revelation. It does no good to cite the teaching of the Church as an authority when speaking to non-Catholic Christians or to offer God's law as a standard when trying to convince non-Christians, agnostics or even atheists. Consequently, we need to know the natural law in a way that our parents and grandparents did not. Issues of life, family and marriage, as well as the rights of parents to choose faith-based schools for their children, are the flashpoints of our society now. But we can defend life, defend the natural quality of marriage and family, and defend our schools, our hospitals and our social services through the natural law. What it is that makes for our human flourishing and what liberties we have in a democracy. So we've come a long way from where we began today on Mount Sinai. But it's not a leap And it's not a change, but it's a development of how God has endowed us with reason and logic and he has gifted us with his revelation. Laudato Jesus Christus.